frenemy. It turns out that frenemy is a real, real word, as in a word you can look up in the dictionary. I have to say, I thought it was one of those made-up, catchy, hybrid words, but geek alert, it's a portmanteau word. Portmanteau, it's two meanings packed up together into one word. Frenemy, friend and enemy. Labradoodle, Labrador and poodle. Brunch, breakfast and lunch. Flexitarian, flexible yet vegetarian. Freegan, free and vegan. Okay, stop me. Today, we're talking frenemies. Hello, veg heads. Welcome to Veg Your Best, the plant-based podcast. My name is Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I'm here to try and convince you to show up, eat more plants, and not wait a single second longer to set an impossible goal, whatever that means to you. This is episode three, where we ask, what are frenemies for? In podcast one, I talked about resistance. That's the negative energy that creates fake obstacles between our good intentions and our follow through. And often, I'd say that resistance comes for us in a form that can be really well described or personified as a frenemy. Over the years, many years, I have had a number of frenemies, and you all know who you are. But my oldest frenemy is without question my own brain. Though in general, I can count on my brain to have a lot of my best interests at heart, including breathing and keeping my organs functioning and coordinating the pregnancy, labor, and birth of my three kids, I can also count on that frenemy brain of mine to say some of, well, some of the vilest, most unhelpful, even soul-destroying words you could even imagine. And let's not even get started on what my brain says about my hair. Frenemy that she is, my brain is generally making a pretty compelling case for why I shouldn't, well, why I shouldn't go or do anything. So I get an idea for a new blog post, and my brain says, Oh, oh no. People will hate that. That is if they even read it. Thanks, brain. Or I decide I'm going to start developing this podcast for Veg Your Best, which is my coaching program for people struggling with reducing or eliminating animal products. And my brain interrupts with, you, podcast? I mean, it's not as bad an idea as going on camera, but still will probably die, best case scenario. Thanks, brain. So that's my oldest frenemy, my brain. And that's what I have learned to say to her after, well, after decades of my brain trying to talk me out of leaving the house or trying on a bathing suit, going to grad school, doing a push-up. Thanks, brain. My brain 
part of which is, I get these numbers wrong all the time, I don't know, 50,000 years old, I think it's older. Part of that brain makes very little distinction between me going to grad school or the gym and leaving a cave where I am potential wolf food during the Stone Age. Part of your brain is similarly prehistoric, and it evolved to keep our species alive just long enough to reproduce and start the whole messy process over again. But I and you have also got what we call the higher brain or the prefrontal cortex, and that's the part of the brain we've evolved that handles what is called sometimes executive processing. So we also have an ability which distinguishes us from other mammals of metacognition. We humans can be aware of our own thoughts. We can think about the process of our thinking. And that's the part of my brain that reminds me to say, hmm, thanks brain, to my frenemy. If you're struggling with any challenging new undertaking, I would venture to guess that you have a frenemy who is weighing in with some unsolicited advice and some, perhaps some choice words about your self-worth, your competence. And the best news I have for you is that when your brain says something cruel, disheartening, even vicious about your new plan, it doesn't matter what it is, it's not personal. It's just how they are, brains. Our brains evolved to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and conserve as much energy in the process as possible. Voila, the motivational triad. So if we have decided to reduce or eliminate the consumption of animal products, we should not be surprised if our brains bring the entire endeavor to a screeching halt because, well, because in our day here in the middle America I live in, even in the midst of a pandemic, a food like ice cream, from the point of view of, of the motivational triad, is it's a trifecta and it wins bronze, silver, and gold. Ice cream delivers pleasure. It can help us avoid painful feelings, well, at least for a bit, and it's pretty darn easy to come by, though I understand there was some hoarding of ice cream in the earlier months of the pandemic. I was talking about this exact thing with a client not long ago, and her eyes lit up, and she said, well, also, ice cream comes in such a tantalizing variety of flavors and some have such good names, and it's just so fun to look at the labels. And so you hear what she's saying. It's really got us. Most of the animal products that we're used to eating are not only easy to find, but we have spent a lifetime finding them pleasurable. Animal products are typically anchored around our warmest celebratory emotions like parties, holidays, family members, friends, and loved ones. And we're used to turning to them when we're having uncomfortable emotions, when we're sad or bored, when we're lonely, when we're anxious. So again, the eating of meat, eggs, and dairy for most of us 
is completely reinforced by the most primal of our brain's operating systems, this same motivational triad. So if, for example, the executive processing section of your brain, your prefrontal cortex has been reading and studying, and it has learned the subject of animal products, like oh, carbon emissions from animal agriculture and the impact on climate change. Or maybe, maybe you've learned the effect of animal fats on cholesterol and blood pressure. Or you've learned about the conditions at feedlots where animals are concentrated before slaughter and the toll it takes on the human workforce as well as those slaughtered animals. And your prefrontal cortex says, hmm, you know what? Maybe I don't want to be eating quite so many animal products. And some of us will just overnight stop. No big deal, no drama. But a lot of us, most of us, me? Well, I got a lot of pushback from that frenemy. No meat, eggs, or dairy? I suppose you know that means we're going to starve to death, friendless, under a bridge somewhere. So now you know what to say. Thanks, brain. Your reasons for adopting a vegetarian, a vegan, or a whole food, plant-based diet, those are yours, and they're yours alone. And if you find yourself struggling with the process, the number one reason is this pushback you get from your oldest frenemy. Because your frenemy might tell you that you're a hypocrite because you still have wool sweaters and that your family thinks you're crazy. And, well, it's impossible now to travel. And your friends don't like being with you anymore. And that you're likely, well, you're likely to die broken hungry. Thanks, brain. I remember, I remember you said almost the same thing when I went to grad school, except the part about the wool sweaters. If you're struggling with reducing or eliminating animal products, you actually don't need more meal plans or recipes or vegan Instagram influencers to follow. Coaching, self-coaching or coaching with a certified coach, it's the best way I know of to notice how your frenemy brain is sabotaging your higher brain's choices and decisions just because she's panicking a little. So many of us make a big hit of resistance from our frenemy mean that our choice is a bad one. We make it mean that we must be on the wrong track or that if something is a good idea, it should feel much more easy than this. It's so good to know that there's a part of you that reacts to thought out plans and intelligent goals and ideas in this killjoy way. The coaching process is, at its essence, a continual conversation and examination of this frenemy brain of ours. And we have to remember that this frenemy brain just doesn't get why you would want to change anything. Because, well, it sounds uncomfortable and like a lot of work. I mentioned in the last podcast that before I committed to practicing a vegan diet, I considered myself a practicing excusitarian, meaning that I ate vegan unless I had a good excuse. 
Well, I'll take that back, unless I had an excuse. I'm not sure it's helpful to distinguish excuses as good excuses or bad excuses. An excuse, it's just an excuse. My brother pushes back when I say good news or bad weather. News is news, he says. Weather is weather. So we'll talk about my excusitarianism soon, probably next week. But if I had listened to my frenemy brain tell me that being a practicing excusitarian meant that I was really just a failure at going plant-based, well, I would not now be a practicing vegan committed to eating a whole food plant-based diet. Because that frenemy brain of mine told me I couldn't do it. It told me I was a hypocrite, told me I was a dilettante. Sometimes, sometimes it told me that the way I was eating wasn't working because I was hungry. Instead of saying, well, maybe you need to eat larger portions of food than you're used to because you aren't eating meat, dairy, and eggs, which are calorically very dense, my brain would say things like, this is unsustainable. Thanks, brain. Because yes, there is often a learning curve when you go from the standard American diet, acronym SAD, to a plant-based diet. See, you could call it a learning curve, or you can call it something much, much less pleasant, like a painful slog. Yes, there are obstacles in any new undertaking that interests you. If there weren't, you would already be doing the new thing. So what if those obstacles that your frenemy brain is presenting to you as reasons to go back into the cave with your Neanderthal friends and family, what if those obstacles were really no problem? They were just a very normal part of the process. Like when you go from riding a tricycle to a two-wheel bicycle with training wheels, and then you take off one training wheel, and then you take the second one off. Just a process. If you feel like you've had a hard time going completely plant-based, it's probably because you have been, well, too impatient with yourself. Because there's nothing wrong with you. You are perfect. And there's nothing wrong with your brain. It's an amazing tool. And your brain sometimes is giving you contradictory advice. Your higher brain, your frontal cortex, wants you to consider no longer eating animal products. And your frenemy primitive brain, which handles things like panic and fear and pessimism, in addition to your heart rate and breathing, well, it's going to be a little slower to win her over. There's nothing wrong. Now, after years of eating plant-based, if I suddenly decided that I wanted to eat hollandaise sauce and filet mignon, my primitive brain would put up a fight about it. Thanks, brain. Because she's looking out for me to the best of her ability. She just, she just doesn't change gears very fast. This is why so many of my clients, when they come up with a big goal, no matter what it is, they sometimes feel like they are at odds with themselves, that they're sabotaging themselves, or they're working at cross purposes, and they think they must be doing it wrong. They think maybe they have the wrong goal, or maybe that it's not the right time for them to take on that goal. And 
none of those things is true. It's just your frenemy brain. She thinks it might be more pleasurable not to try new things. She thinks Netflix is fine. She thinks change sounds painful. And she's sure that a new goal will be a lot of work. And she's very, very protective of your energy. So say it. Thanks, brain. Nothing's wrong. I'm fine. I know you're just looking out for me, but this is going to be fun. You'll see. If you have questions or topics that you'd like covered on an upcoming Veg Your Best podcast, please use the link in the show notes to email me at michelleolandercoaching.com. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Veg Your Best. And if you're curious how working with a coach can help you with your frenemy brain and your plant-based goals, schedule a free mini session. The link is in the show notes. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best. to me and the Veg Your Best team. If you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested in the podcast. It's something to do with algorithms, and it helps bump us up just a little in the rankings. And that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. Thank you.